Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to Impact Cyber Church. Man, we're getting ready to head into the new year, and I want this to be a great year for you. I want to do everything I can to help prepare you for the best year of your life. You know, this morning, I, I was out walking my dog with one of my friends, and and you know, we were just, just talking about some health issues and some of these, some of these kinds of things. And uh, you know, we were just talking about the fact that, that uh, uh, you know, we have winning or losing, overcoming or not overcoming, none of those things are static events. In other words, there's really not, a, a, you reach a place, you, you have overcome, it is done, it's over, you never ever have to deal with anything, you never ever, ever have to fight about it. The real truth is, every single day, it, 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 just like God renews His mercy on us every single day, every single day, it is, it is really upon us to appropriate the grace of God. Every single day is upon us to, to connect with God and, and really make sure that our intention for our quality of life is still intact. It's still in place. It hasn't moved. You know, you go through some hard times. You go through some financial challenges. And it doesn't take very long until you start adjusting your expectations. You start, and you start adjusting your definitions for, for life and happiness and, and health and that sort of thing. I was, you know, I was sharing with my buddy, we were, we were just, just, just talking about general things. You know, when I was a new believer, and so I was, you know, I was 21 years old, and um, uh, I, I'm, you know, just reading through the Bible the first few times. I'd read, I, by this time, you know, just a few months after I'd been saved, I'd read through the New Testament several times by this time, and I was I was making my, you know, probably about my second pass through the Old Testament. And uh, I'll never forget reading about the, the passing of Moses or the crossing over of Moses. And one of the things it says of Moses, that he was like, what, 120 years old, somewhere in there. You know, uh, it says, and his eyesight had not grown dim and his natural strength had not abated. And uh, I remember, you know, I'd never heard a message on faith. I'd never heard anything about the promises of God. But I just had this sense that if, if Moses could do that, there's no reason I couldn't do that. And I remember making this decision in my heart saying, you know what? That's, that's how I intend to leave planet Earth. I intend to leave planet Earth, you know, healthy and, and you know, my natural senses intact. Well, those of you who know me, man, you know, I've gone through how many in numerous opportunities to let go of that and say, you know what, that's, that's, ne that's absolutely never going to happen. But like I was telling my friends, it's like, look, uh, we, we have setbacks along any path, but we, as long as we don't let those setbacks cause us to redefine our faith, redefine our confidence in, re in God, redefine our, our goals and our intentions about where we're going with our life. As long as we do not allow that to happen, then the real truth is when that crisis is over, when that hardship is over, we are right back on the path of life. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If you get set back 
and you stay set back too long and you begin to, in that situation, you begin to look at yourself and look at God and look at your life differently. You may not look at God differently, but you may look at your life differently. You may adjust your expectations. You may, you may make all kinds of changes in how you see your future. Well, and if you, it doesn't take very long of doing that until that's going to become your new reality. That's going to become your new normal. And once that becomes your new normal, then, then that's as far as you're going to go. You have, it becomes a belief. It becomes, it becomes, this is it. This is my boundaries. These are the walls that I build. And this is as far as I'm willing to believe I can go in life based on these circumstances. Well, we're about ready to enter into a new year. And of course, in the new year, everybody starts making, uh, uh, wanting to make resolutions. And it's like coming back to the place of saying, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to change this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to start this. I'm going to stop this. Well, here's something you want to realize. If you've followed my teaching very long, you know this. It doesn't matter what resolution you make. If you do not follow through in a way that establishes your heart, not just changing just your thoughts and your mind, establishing your beliefs. And those beliefs have to do with who you are, who God is, who you are in Him. If, if you do not change your beliefs, uh, you may change a few little problems. You may give up a few little addictions, so to speak. You may give up smoking. You may give up overeating. You may give up this or that. But the truth is you'll replace it with something else if you don't change your beliefs. Only when you change your beliefs are you really going to tear down the wall, the boundary that has you hemmed in and make it where you can expand your life beyond where you are. And I'll tell you something. I'm, I, I'm sharing some stuff today to prepare you to go into the new year to make some new decisions, to make some incredible decisions that are going to absolutely not just be life-changing, but they're going to be life-changing that you can follow through on, things that you can put into practice and say, I know this is how I'm going to, I'm going to bring about these changes in my life. I'm not going to do it by gritting my teeth. I'm not going to do it by trying harder because I don't know about you. Every time I've, every time I've won a battle, by trying harder, that only lasted as long as I was trying harder. That only lasted as long as my motivation was there. That only lasted as long as I, my willpower and grit was, you know, was, was intact. Because when it's your strength, the, the moment you get tired or weary or you run into an obstacle stronger than you are, you fail. You know, the Bible talks about in Galatians 2.21, it talks about neutralizing, in the King James it says frustrating, it talks about neutralizing the grace of God. And uh, there's a lot of ways we can neutralize the grace of God. Now, let me just say this. Remember, grace is God's strength, God's power, God's ability, God's capacity that works by your, in your heart and through your heart and comes by unmerited favor. In other words, it's not something you earn. But it, it happens, and it is a work of faith. Romans 5.1 tells us something really interesting. It says, therefore, being justified or made righteous by faith, we have peace with God, uh, and we stand in, uh, or by faith, we have access to this grace wherein we stand. So grace is accessed by faith. 
Grace doesn't come just because God gives it. You know, God gives life, not everybody gives life. God gives salvation, not everybody gets saved. God gives everything that pertains to life and godliness. Not everybody is enjoying everything that pertains to life and godliness because we only, we only enjoy and participate in that which we take hold of with faith. And unfortunately, I know religion has twisted up the whole concept of faith. I know many of you get offended and say, I've got faith, I've got faith. Quit telling me I don't have faith. Well, uh, maybe, maybe we're talking about two different things. When, when, when I say the word faith and, and when you say the word faith. But I'm telling you, you can only have in God what you have taken hold of by faith. And faith is not believing, just believing that you can get it, not just believing it's yours. But faith starts out in believing who God is and who you are in Jesus and, and, and what Jesus has done for you through this, through this covenant you know, that he's established. So, so we don't want to neutralize grace. We want to function in grace. God's strength, God's ability. God's strength and God's ability for what? The strength and ability to be who He says you can be. The, the strength and ability to do what the Bible says you can't do. The strength and ability to live beyond your own natural ability. The strength and the ability to live the dream that you've never been able to make come to pass by your own ingenuity, by your own effort, by, you know, by your own tenacity. Or maybe the strength that you have been able to live it for a minute and then you just keep losing it. You, you, you keep losing it. You get there and it falls apart. You get there, something goes wrong. You get there, you get tired. You get there and it blows up in your face. I'll tell you something, because since grace does not depend on your, your strength, it is God's strength manifesting itself, then, then when, we walk into, when we walk into these new arenas of life, trusting in who God is, trusting in what Jesus did, the death, burial, and the resurrection, trusting in that we are in Him and we share in all of that. Man, I want to tell you something. That's when the Holy Spirit brings something alive in us, a strength, a capacity, an ability, a power that is working from our heart. And if it's working from our heart, that means it's affecting our identities, affecting the way we see ourselves, affecting the way we see God, affecting the way we see the world around us. I'll tell you something. When that's what's working in you, you're going to come into, you're going to come into your victory and and you're not going to lose that victory because, because you got tired. You're not going to lose that victory because, uh, uh, because uh, it fizzled away and you got distracted or, or that kind of thing. When you come into something by the grace of God, your identity is involved, which means you don't have to keep thinking about it. See, I don't have to keep thinking about being Jim Richards. I just am Jim Richards, good, the good and the bad of it. You know? and, and however I am, however I function, I don't have to think about that because that's who I am. Well, I got news for you. When we come into something by the grace of God, we're not constantly trying to prop it up. We're not constantly having to confess it into being. We're not constantly trying to make it happen. When we come into it by the grace of God, it is just a natural thing that, that happens for us. Listen, that's where I want to take you in 2019. And so, so every year I always do something about resolutions. I always do something about how to move into a new area of life. And we're, I'm going to this year but it's going to be completely different. We're going to take a totally different approach than we've ever taken about establishing resolutions and uh, uh, making these kinds of decisions. Basically, what I really want to help you do this year, I want to help you step onto and begin to walk the path of life. You know, I, I, was, uh, I was just reading in Psalm 1611 where it talks about with God, 
is the path of life. And it talks about how, how the, his presence is there and there's fullness of joy there. When we are walking the path of life, we will experience God's presence. We will experience God's fullness of joy. And one of the reasons we'll experience fullness of joy, first of all, is because on the inside, what, the destination has already become ours. But on the outside, we know that's going to manifest in, in our real world. So I'm going to talk to you today a little bit about walking the path of life. So remember, a path in the Bible represents a way of life. And there's some really specific things that the Bible teaches about choosing the path that you're going to walk. And I'm telling you, uh, as carnal Christians, and the word carnal just means natural. It doesn't mean wicked. It doesn't mean horrible. It doesn't mean vile. It basically just means natural. And, and you know, every day I am more and more amazed. And you know, when you get my age, you, you're looking at the world differently than, than you are. You know, I'll, I'll scroll through Facebook. And this is going to sound, this is going to sound, I don't mean for it to sound judgmental because this doesn't have anything to do with the with any particular individual. It's not a judgment about a person's character, but it always amazes me. On the one hand, I know that the, that the world needs to be able to come into our churches and they need to not feel too weird. They don't need to feel too different. We need to make our churches a place where, where uh, uh, the world can walk into it. They don't, they don't, it doesn't seem too different. You know, uh, before we, before we close down our, our Saturday night local congregation, you know, uh, we would set up our, we'd set up our auditorium pretty much like a bar room. There were tables, there were lights. Uh, and, and for that, for that particular service, the concept was this will be a place that will make religious people incredibly uncomfortable, but it will make sinners very comfortable. But we brought them into that environment in order to, uh, in that comfort, to bring them to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But it seems like even churches that start out that way before long, somehow on some level it becomes more like, more like I'm not doing this to be effective at reaching you. I, I'm doing this because I need for you to accept us. I don't want you to think I'm weird. I don't want you. And, and before long, instead of us really, our ultimate goal being to bring them into the life that we have, it's like we want to be accepted by, by them. I, scro I scroll through things that I see in Facebook and, and, and I'm like, I, I, it's, it's, it's like I'm not go I can't say if the, what the appearance of thing means. That's judgment. I, can't, I, I don't know what anybody's doing or why they're doing it. But I just see more and more and more uh, the church trying to be accepted by the world. And uh, I understand, like I say, the value of that when you're trying to win people to Jesus. But uh, I, I'm going to tell you something. I, I, I don't want to be like the world. And, and the older I get, the less anything in the world has any desire or any appeal to me. Because you know what? I've, I've had a lot of what's out there. And so far, none of it's ever made me happy. None of it's ever brought quality to my life. None of it's ever really enhanced any of my relationships. Uh, none of it's ever made me be more successful or effective in the ministry. None of it's ever really done anything except in, distract me from the path that I'm trying to walk. Because one of the things that the Bible tells you about choosing the path, 
And it's really interesting. I believe it's in the book of Jeremiah when it talks about, you know, when, when, we, come to, uh, when we come to a fork, so to speak, in the path. And it tells you to, to really reflect and consider and kind of meditate on which path to take. And one of the things that we have to think about about the path, number, number one, uh, first and foremost, is this a path that God is walking? You know, throughout the scripture, it tells us to, to walk in the spirit, not in the flesh. It, and there, there is that whole concept of taking on uh, Jesus' yoke. All of this has to do with bringing ourselves into harmony with God. So many times, you know, whenever we're, whenever we're wanting to improve the quality of our life. And man, you know, I love just thinking about the fact that we can improve the quality of our life because we are the only created species that has the capability by our choices to improve the quality of our life. No other species have that. And the reason we have that, because we're created in the likeness and the image of God. We are given the freedom of choice. That's why God never violates your will. God will never make you do anything. He'll never make you do the right thing. And I got news for you, the devil never makes you do the wrong thing. We do what we do in, as a way to get what we want. And if we trust God, then we follow his ways because we know that, that through him, we're going to get the thing that we want, which is going to be, which is going to be, uh, it's going to have peace and joy and righteousness and harmony and all those kinds of things. If we don't trust God, then we're going to go the world's way and we're going to get what we want, which is probably not going to be very harmonious with God, but we think it's, we think it's going to make us happy. But the whole idea is I want to walk a path that every step of that path stays in harmony with who I am in Jesus. And so when you're thinking about where do you want to be? Where, where, where do you want your success to take you? You know, you're getting ready, you're getting ready to face the whole, the new year. And, and many, many, many of you are just saying, you know what? I'm just, I, I can't keep going the way I'm going. I can't keep having the hard times and the failures. I can't keep just repeating these things. And, and, and I can't keep giving in to the same problems. I am breaking out. I'm going somewhere new. Well, let me, let me just say this to you. Wherever you're going, start this journey by saying, Okay, I know, I know where I'm going, but I'm going to go there on a path that never gets me out of harmony with who I am in Jesus. It never violates my character. It never violates the Word of God about how to treat other people or how to treat myself. I'm going to walk a path where I am walking in yoked up with Jesus, where I'm walking step by step with the Holy Spirit. So that every step of this path is, is binding me more deeply to God. Because at the end of the day, no matter what that goal is that you want to attain on that path, the most important thing is when you get to your destination, will you be more in harmony with God, more connected to God, more in love with God, or will you be more disconnected from God? Will you be farther from God? Will it be harder for you to believe the truth about who you are in Jesus. Now, let me tell you something. It's very important, probably far more important than most people realize. That you, got, you got to choose a destination. You, got to, you, you do have to set some goals about where you want to go in your life, but you also have to choose the path in advance. You know, one of the things that, one of the reasons, the, the top two reasons that believers wander aimlessly through life 
and very seldom find themselves habitually enjoying the righteousness, peace, and joy of God is because in truth, they, they have never made a choice about where they're going. And then secondly, they've never chosen the path that they're going to use to get them there. And so what we become, and the Bible gives us this model, this example uh, of the children of Israel roaming around in the wilderness, even though at any time, if they had ever really determined to trust God, well, if they determined to go into the promised land and determined to get there by trusting and following God, the truth is they could have, they could have entered into the promised land, which is a rep representation of the kingdom of God. They could have entered into the promised land any time they wanted to. And we can too. Anytime we, anytime we decide, we can make that our destination. And the promised land, the, what Jesus called the kingdom of God, is this realm where we are intimately connected to God. And, and through our connection with Him, we are intimately connected to all of His resources, all of His provisions. We're not earning it. It's not, about, it's not about working hard and works righteousness. It's all about just being connected to Him. Just like, you know, when the prodigal left his father's household, he no longer had access to his father's resources. The father did not take those resources away from him. He chose another path. He chose another way of life. And he removed himself from the father's resources. When he came back to his connection with the father, he looked, you know, his father put the ring on his finger, put the robe on him, put his shoes on him. And suddenly he realized, you know what? I didn't just get my father back. I got all my father's resources. I got all of my father's protection. You, you can't have the father's resources, even though they've been given legally, they've been given. You can't enjoy, you can't experience the father's resources without experiencing the father, without being intimately connected to the father. But you see, we're roaming around and the type is children of Israel out in the wilderness because they've never chosen to trust God and walk his path into the promise, into the kingdom. That doesn't mean you're not saved. doesn't mean you're not a believer. It just means you're not enjoying the kingdom of God. You know, uh, uh, Proverbs 29, 17 says something really interesting. 17 and 18. See, usually we take Proverbs 29 because it's real positive. It says, where there's no vision, people perish. And that's, that's the King James rendering of it. And that's a decent rendering of it. But we lift that out of a context uh, because the rest, of the, the rest of it, when bringing context, it's like, oh, no, that, I don't want it. That, I don't want to see it that way. That's, that, that sounds too hard. It says, uh, correct thy son and he shall give you rest. And Yes, he shall give delight to your soul when, when you correct him. And that has to do with teaching, not beating him, not hurting him. And then he says, well, so wh where there's no vision, now the word vision is revelation or perception. It says that people perish, and that word perish can mean they cast off restraint. And in context, this is saying, the reason your son isn't bringing you joy, the reason your son is like a thorn in your flesh is because he has no perception. He has no vision about the truth because I didn't correct it. I didn't teach him the truth. And then he goes on to say, but he that keeps the law is happy. 
you know, that's, that's really interesting because some people say, oh, that's legalism. Oh, I don't, that, 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 that. well, actually, anybody who understands the Bible knows that all of the commandments were given to show us how to walk in love one toward another. None of them were given to show us how to earn anything from God. None of them were given to mean we could earn our righteousness. Yes, the Jews twisted them, and yes, the religious people had, had turned the law into something corrupt and something crooked, but that doesn't mean that the law is corrupt or crooked. You see, because the real truth is God wants to teach us all of these things that His Word says about how to be happy, how to have great relationships, how to make money and keep it, how to make money and it not corrupt you, how to enjoy the very best of life, how to have a great marriage, how to solve conflict, how to run businesses, how to manage money. I mean, you just go down the list. There is nothing that pertains to life and godliness, number one, that hasn't been freely given to us in Jesus. But there's also nothing that pertains to life and godliness that Jesus hasn't shown us how to interpret and apply to our life. God wants to be that teacher to us. You know, the word vision, man, I'm almost out of time. I'm not getting anywhere as far as I want to go. The word vision comes from a root Hebrew word that's spelled ket, zan, hey. And that word ket is talking about, it's talking about new beginnings, joining God and man joining together. And, and whatever, whatever we do, we do always in the presence of God and we experience his life and his grace. And the, the word uh, Zion has to do with, with being in peace and protection through our involvement with God and how he defends us and, and protects us. And then the word hey has to do with, with God and man existing in this moment. It has to do with the breath of God, the presence of God. So, so it's saying a vision is when I, it's when I look forward, is, is when, I, when I look down the road and see myself joining with God for a new beginning. Walking a path with God where all that I'm doing, I'm doing with God and I'm doing unto God. And in that place, I can move forward without fear because I know that he, He's protecting me. He's leading me. I can have peace in my heart. He is my defender. And in this, and in this, in this moment by moment, I will experience the breath of God. I'll experience the presentness, the presence of God. And, and, and I'll, I'll have continual connection with God. Woo, man, that's what I call a vision. That's, that's what I call, okay, yeah, yeah this, is, this is where I want to go. So when you don't have that, you don't have restraints. In other words, you don't have motivation. You don't have direction. You don't have something that moves you down that path. I'll tell you something. Starting in January, I'm going to show you how to move down that path. But you've got to decide where you're going to go. You've got to decide. And we're going to revisit this. I'm going to talk some more about this when we dive into the new year. But let me say this. The month of, of, of December, we've got specials going all month long. And if there's anything that you want to get to invest in yourself, you notice that scripture, you know, when I said correct your son, in other words, teach your son, instruct your son. So that he'll, he can see these things, so that he can get this vision. Well, you know what? That's what all these resources that we have are for. And I'll tell you, we got, some, we got some great prices 
for you to purchase materials. Because we've got all kinds of free stuff. I, I just want you to know that. Some people say, oh, well, you're just selling it all. No, we've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of free programs that you can watch at impactministries.com anytime you want to. But I'm telling you, if you want to dive deep and you want to get into applying things into your life that scratch way beyond what we can cover uh, in, our, in our Cyber Church broadcast, and you want to be sure and get the series. So everything is marked down. And 85 cents out of every dollar that you spend is going to go toward expanding this gospel, reaching into the world, changing people's lives. Now, if you're ready, if you're ready to start walking a path toward a defined destination, then you want to be with me in the new year, and we're going to move down this path. Let me say something, by the way. If you're watching this and uh, you've enjoyed it and you're on YouTube, be sure and like and subscribe to this because, man, that helps us touch people all over the world. And if you'd like to help us take this message to people all over the world, come to impactministries.com and become a world changer. Help us finance taking this to the entire world. I'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.